I will say that this is speaking on behalf of the casuals of Runeterra. If you play Dreadway and Ladros in your decks, I I still love you as a listener, but I don't love you as much as our other listeners. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 10. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. Ah, ahoy, matey. <laughs> All right, that wasn't scripted, and I'm disgusted. You're oh. welcome. <laughs> we're here. We're back. We're here. We, we're back. We, we, we're, we're, we made it through another week of quarantine. I know, right? It's a little less sane. Every but day gets, a, gets a lot harder than I thought. Like I'm on the, I'm, I'm going over that cliff because uh, I, I have a touch of introvert in me, but I'm an extrovert and I just, I'm not used to being in that. I'm going on week eight. Yeah. Or no, no. I'm going on week nine. Sorry. It's at least two months. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, luckily I have, I've spent most of my life like kind of trying to embrace the introvert more yeah because i'm definitely more of a social butterfly yeah so and you have some I, family around you too at home yeah yeah uh, where i'm isolated <laughs> you're alone I no one loves you <laughs> and this is where this is where nerd you know nerd culture and like things like discord come into play because it's been great to be able to still communicate with friends hang out play games hop on a video chat here and there so you still have that little bit um of interaction because i don't do the social medias i don't think you do much either uh so it's cool to still have a little bit of touch absolutely uh, you know luckily we can still be social even though we're all distanced at yeah. least six so stay apart. safe and stay social out there that's been this episode of <laughs> casuals <laughs> wrap it up wrap the, it up the covid of room terror <laughs> the, sh- the shortest <laughs> podcast ever housekeeping <laughs> Remember, you can listen to us anywhere. So if you don't like where you're listening to us now, change. What are you doing? <laughs> if, if there's somewhere that we're missing, let us know. Exactly. We'll, we'll go there too. And then we'll call you a liar because we told you we're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, follow us on Twitter. That's the best way to keep up to date with episodes. I try to get the post up once everything is uploaded to all the platforms. Um that's at podcast C-O-R, podcast core. And then you can also send an email if you want to contact us or play play with one of our, you know, play into one of our shenanigans that we do at the end of the episode uh, at podcastcore at gmail.com. Spelled the same way. Yeah. And then like follow. And you could also pay respect to our producer, Cervantes. Yes, Cervantes is now our producer. Not, he's been updated from pet to producer. <laughs> that was Mount. He was never. A oh pet. yeah, sorry, Mount. Yes, Cervantes is his own Poro, <laughs> his own man. But yeah, like, follow, short review, comment, whatever helps. Let us know if you're liking it. Getting a lot of feedback and responses on Twitter. It's cool to watch that grow and to find out, you know, find other people who are doing their own thing, which is cool. We're starting to talk to other podcasters, uh, which I've been listening to some of their stuff, and there's great content out there. We'll give them a shout out sooner or later. But our line for this week, so tell a friend to listen to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast before the powder keg goes off and they blow up. Oh, my goodness. You put way too much work into this one. I know. That was a little I, I bit long. Hear, I can hear the amount of work that you put into it, and I don't like it. <laughs> I won't stand for it. I won't stand uh, for it. Stay I'm the a game. casual. 
Uh, state of the game. So I am finally taking my brew for a spin. I've been playing it for this whole week. And essentially, I'm not giving too much away. It's Damasio Freljord, uh, which is one reason I picked it. Haven't seen a lot of that combination. Uh, and one thing I was looking at as, you know, the meta starts to establish itself, which is what I was kind of waiting for, is the amount of chump blocking that's involved. We'll talk about the Draven aggro problem at the end um, that a lot of people have been talking towards. But um, make sure I get the credit right. Uh, Mogwai mentioned a alliance deck and he was kind of talking about overwhelm um, being an underused concept for building decks uh, freljord has the most overwhelm and they also have that allegiance card that gives that insane overwhelm buff uh with allegiance and i was kind of thinking about you know how chump blockers are performing and what people are trying to do uh, in the current meta and i'm trying to counter it and i put together this deck that essentially focuses on it's garen is a three of uh, I have one uh, Fiora for an alternate win condition, and then I have two Ash uh, for the end mid-to-end game control aspect to kind of wrap things up. Uh, and then outside of that, it focuses on Overwhelm. So you have the Alli Allegiance pa package for Overwhelm uh, and not really playing anything too crazy outside of the standard good cards, uh, but it's working. It's working very well, uh, and it's just ending games because you're, you're changing the math on people. That new 3-1 with Tough, uh, and Overwhelm at yeah. two is really solid. Haven't seen a lot of her yet because not a lot of people are playing her. Um, it's really underutilized now that a lot of people are trying to play more into the whole spider package mm -hmm. too to get around what we'll talk about later when we go into Draven. Exactly. But yeah, it's been going well. I'm on version, so I version my decks. I know it's it's me. I'm a programmer. So Whatever. But I'm on version like 1.2 of it and it's been running very smooth. Uh, so I don't know. I'll, I'll probably come back next week. Probably still be playing this because I haven't got to play a lot this week. Uh, so I, I, I'm excited to hear more about you going into it because the, when you were first getting excited about this deck, I yeah. I was looking at it and I was just kind of like staring blankly, <laughs> like what is he doing? No one, no one is playing Garen. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I'm the one that's supposed to be doing the wild crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Garen's a beater. It's very hard to kill him right now. So it's like you can't chump block him, right? Because the more you chump block him, the closer he gets to flipping. <laughs> uh, but what do you got? I took up enough time there. All right. So um, I, I've obviously been having a lot of fun trying to brew with uh, the Pursuit of Perfection, uh, mm -hmm. which I've been having a blast with. But what I've been playing the most is something that I find quite dumb. And quite delightful because, you know, chump blocking is a lot more prevalent right now. Mm -hmm. So what I've been <laughs> – my dumb idea to get around it instead of Overwhelm, it was uh, to revisit Shannon Lux Barriers and then combine it with the new card Dragon's Rage oh my God. to kick a gigantic Greenglade Caretaker into anything and one-shot someone. That's the goal. That is to hit a 30 attack green glade into anything and one shot someone. Because why do trusted combos when you can do something dumb? <laughs> it's like, wait, they have a 31-31. It's the only thing on the board. What? 
Greenblade dies. Yeah. Um, so uh, to make the deck work and yeah. to actually make it playable, it's um, it's using a lot of like the core Shin and Lux barrier package stuff that already existed. Yeah. And um, and then supplementing it with like the full set of like the Mage Seeker can. A conservator so that way you can it still get lux to consistently get lasers yes and then just start lasering people down um so in most of most of my games where i end up winning i'm usually lasering people down i've had like two times where i've gotten to just dragon's yeah. rage someone that wasn't expecting it oh you also have to tell the people about your achievement uh, that ladder up baby <laughs> yeah um well that that is not what as soon as i did it i i switched it up but i i did obviously was the set is so exciting and you can't help but trying to dig towards something that you find fun but also successful mm -hmm. so that first list that i shared with everybody for um quinn and misfortune i was able to grind up to gold with that nice. list um, and as soon as I hit gold, I went, all right, pursuit of perfection. <laughs> it's a sickness. <laughs> it's a sickness. It's a sickness. <laughs> Which right before the podcast, I did, I did pull the pursuit off on someone. And it was oh just my like, God. It's just like deuces. <laughs> 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 meow, meow. <laughs> So, so I, yeah. I, I switched it right back to fun as soon as I hit gold. Oh my gosh. That's, <laughs> well, we got some fun, right? So let's get into the topic of this episode bang bang gang gang baby bang bang gang gang <laughs> uh that's what the young people say right I, i'm, pretty, I'm yes. pretty sure yes we we are totally in touch with the younger crowd and we have not shown our age at all <laughs> so let's let's uh get into spells so my spell for this one and you can kind of guess who my champion is going to be uh is more powder um more powder is not really played <laughs> but but it has a concept that's being used a lot more you're seeing it a lot more in aggro, aggro strategies um some tempo strategies as well that go a little bit closer to the mid-range uh where essentially more powder is a two cost uh slow spell that summons two powder kegs and what powder kegs do basically is they add one additional damage to whatever spell or ability you play that does damage right um following that so you can build them up. You can have two, you can have four, and until you cast a spell that does damage or do something that does damage uh, outside of an attack, then that's when it will use the powder keg to pump it up. So very cool concept. Um, yeah. I it, It's also like the first thing that we've seen in Terror that kind of uses the idea of like a counter. Um, yeah, yeah. Because most everything else is like more bodies, but when you are stacking up more powder kegs, it's not taking up your board space. Exactly. So, so uh, one one so one thing here from the flavor standpoint, so everybody knows from the early days of Gangplank, I'm not really sure on how his kit looks now. I remember there was a redesign. I didn't dig into that too much. Um, but powder kegs were kind of one of his abilities, right? And it was annoying because he lights it and it blows up <laughs> and it does damage uh, and he could use it to control space. So in this, you know, obviously Ryan's math is here again to save the day. So each powder keg adds one uh -oh. damage, uh -oh. <laughs> one, one damage per cost. So if you get two powder kegs, it costs two. That's why this costs 
two. Oh, no. It's that we, easy. We, fir- we first reveal our ages with our title <laughs> names, and now we got to reveal like our math skills. Yeah, like, now we're teaching children. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and it being a slow spell, I think is the biggest part of the flavor. You know, obviously I'm stretching with the math always, but with the slow spell, it takes a you have to light the keg, right? That's the whole thing. It's a delayed effect, and here's the same way. To your point, I think it's cool. You know, you hit the nail on the head of it being a sort of counter play to things because we're used to having aura effects that just say, okay, add one to everything that does spell damage. Add one spell damage or stuff like that, right? Where this one only affects the next thing you do, which means there's still some play around there and your opponent has to play around it as well, even though you, you can't just waste it on a spell. You can still get baited and blow your powder keg setup, right? And that would be that, that gives some more skill to it rather than just saying, hey, everything does one for the rest of the round. Uh, which and, is cool and arguably out of all the new Bilgewater stuff it's probably the most balanced thing they added too because <laughs> yeah. also all the powder kegs have vulnerable on it too so you're not you can't just be sitting there staring at powder kegs on the opponent's board and be like there i have nothing that i can do against it yeah it's it's very good counterplay and there's some things without counterplay that that people have been abusing that I'm not for. <laughs> so I, I'm glad I'm I'm happy with powder kegs. Yeah, so I'm, you, I'm happy with that. One. What do you have for us from good old Billwater? Um, I I also pick something that should point out to what I'll be talking about today because uh-huh. uh, a spell that I would want to take a look at is uh gonna make it rain make it rain on these <laughs> okay so <laughs> once again we date ourselves we date ourselves it's funny because when you mentioned lasers i was gonna say i'm a firing my laser and i was like ah let's not date ourselves and then we go on to make comment after comment after comment <laughs> let's not date ourselves as we date ourselves <laughs> yeah so um make it rain is going to be a two mana fast spell mm-hmm. that deals one damage to three different random enemies um so a lot of people love like my favorite meme off of this card is people showing fun interactions with make it rain Mm -hmm. and they always have the tag i got hearthstoned because like very little rng elements have been seen in runeterra especially like throughout the beta i think there was maybe like like at most two things They're that was consistently rng it. that people played yeah. and even if you're not running make it rain in your deck it's the it is the unique card to misfortune so every misfortune deck is going to have at least one make it rain mm-hmm. happen once in their lifetimes but it's uh it is the hearthstone effect you know one damage to three things and you have no control over where no. it's going and um i do i love the interaction that it has with um with the powder kegs Mm. and i as annoying as it is to be on the receiving end of it i do love that people have discovered like that interaction with ezreal where if it hits three things that's three ticks to leveling up ezreal like it's it's a fun card without it being too oppressive in reality so it's i you know, I, Misfortune's got to have a good spell. You know, she's yeah. got to look good. She's got to have course, a good spell. Yeah, yeah. She's one of the favorites. Go get it. Go get she's it. She's one of the queens. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to hop into followers. And my follower, naturally, is the Dreadway. Haven't seen it played much yet. 
um, because I don't like games going that long. And <laughs> the thing about it is it's definitely a game ender. We, we talked to, I feel like ever since we did our first tutor card, every card we've done since that point has been a tutor card. Yep. Um, yep. We have another tutor card, but the tutor part of it is, is irrelevant. It's essentially, and the funny thing is this has a tutor built in and it's still more balanced than Ladros. Yes. And, <laughs> So essentially, the Dreadway is a nine cost four eight uh, that has fearsome and on play draws a gangplank from your deck and then doubles all damage dealt by allies. So naturally, you want to play this on attack, right? Um, that's the best place to play it. So you can just get the effect right away. Doubling the damage of anything is just a nightmare. And at nine, you should have somewhat of a board if the game's going that far, unless a sweep just happened on the previous turn, like a runation or something like that. Um, and even if not, if they ruin nation and then it's your turn, you play dreadweight, you're still winning. Like that's the whole, the whole thing is it's to finish the game. Uh, and the gangplank it tutors for you is just, just in case you find a way to mess it up and you need another shot. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, mean, like if nothing else, it's also just like, okay, I got a gangplank in my hand. So now, you know, I I can get more powder kegs. (laughs) That's, that's what that gangplank is going to be. It's like, if you somehow survive this turn. There will be powder kegs. There will be there will be powder. <laughs> there will be powder. Oh, More powder. powder. More powder. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the one thing I want to mention too from the stories is there is a mention of you know he has this awesome ship already, but he does he's a pirate right? So at some point he does take Swain's ship and plays a part in taking the Leviathan, which is an even bigger ship. <laughs> And totally doesn't fit his aesthetic at all. So you can tell he took it for the sake of pissing off Swain. So Swain is like one of, I wouldn't say he's one of Gangplank's worst enemies. Gangplank is one of Swain's worst enemies. Absolutely. He's like a pain in the neck. Gangplank doesn't like, and we'll get into it, but Gangplank doesn't view people as his worst enemies. He just views everyone as an enemy. And it's like, yeah, you heard of me? Good. (laughs) So now I just want to give a disclaimer before we go into this, because I'll maintain silence. Um, as Hetch goes down this this hole that I try to keep him out of. What, you know, this is a partnership and he has things he has to say. Uh, go ahead, Hetch. Uh, I don't deserve a friend like you. You know that? <laughs> so it, we can't end, we, like we can't get towards the end of our Bilgewater run without bringing up Prowling Cutthroat, the newest darling since Scythria hit the stage. Yeah. And, you know, insert the Toy Story meme of Andy dropping Woody. I don't want to play with you anymore. (laughs) We're dropping Scythria and everyone's talking about Prowling Cutthroat because of that art. And this this is a PSA. (laughs) All right. As someone who is a, a veteran weeb <laughs> or anime trash human being <laughs> prowling cutthroat is not thick and like you you heard it from hetch first i'm speaking as hetch only for hetch all right this is not this is not a casual s- statement this is this is coming from hetch <gasps> prowling cutthroat is not thick and oh. if you were going to approach any weeb and be like, check out this 
thick character from Runeterra. You're you, doing it wrong. Why all right? did you say something so bold? We're on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> why are you doing this? Why did you say something so, so controversial yet brave? <laughs> but talk but, about the card. I mean, the card um, is interesting. So the card is super interesting, and that's going to be the most that I give into this <laughs> card. <laughs> um, is, it, it is a one-mana, one-one, mm-hmm. which for a lot of like the good one-drops – well, quote unquote good one drops a little understated, mm-hmm. but it has fear and elusive. Mm-hmm. So with the fact that it has fear, the fact that it's a one one is is moot. Like mm-hmm. there's there's hardly any elusive unit in the game that's going to be able to block this. And bringing in all the plunder effects and plunder has to work with you dealing damage to the opponent you get this on the board and it sticks it's going to be it's going to be your plunder activation you're going to get the plunder trigger and there's nothing they can do to stop it and this is not anywhere on the lore like if i wanted to talk about lore i'd be talking about hired gun Mm -hmm. because hired gun is clearly a crew member of misfortune's Mm -hmm. ship Whereas we won't get into it too much in this episode, but the prowling cutthroat looks to be one of the red scarfs who is a pirate gang Mm -hmm. and the red scarfs and misfortune don't get along. I'm not, I'm playing off of the playbook. This is, (laughs) this is about hetch today and y'all need to know (laughs) final statement (laughs) prowling cutthroat ain't thick i i i should not be able to see through the thigh gap if we're talking about thick and that's it it's champion time <laughs> i was so happy you got your moment that's beautiful we've um, been demonetized i know de- <laughs> so so our champions we're starting with gangplank here mainly because he doesn't have much lore it's 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 less of gangplank's lore being specific to him and you know, having his own story, et cetera. It's more of a case of he was one of the first ones to get the reformatted lore of the Bilgewater stuff. Uh, and they kept it simple because he pops up in so many different stories and he plays a part in what happens in so many different stories uh, because he's essentially like the most wanted man in Bilgewater, if not the world, right, of Runeterra. And he has a bravado about it where it's almost like he goes about his business, but he knows that you know that you're not going to capture him. You're not going to bring him in. You're going to try your best, and it might be a good fight. But at the end of the day, Gangplank's going to win and then get away with it to the point where in stories it's mentioned that he puts up his own wanted posters. <laughs> and people watch, and he just goes back to his ship and does some dirty shit. <laughs> it's like there's nothing. You see it a lot in gangster, gangster movies, right, where you have the mob <laughs> boss who's so above the law that he's eating in like the same restaurant with all the cops. <laughs> and he's just like, what do you guys, I'm untouchable. What are you going to do? Forget uh, about it, it. If if we were to have a Rune Terra live action, I would want Gangplank played by Denzel Washington. <laughs> and yes! I would want him to just repeat his performance of American Gangster. That's because Gangplank really is the guy that's going to be in the restaurant yeah. with his family. Well, you know, his crew, but, you know, his family, yeah. law enforcement, see someone out in the street. Excuse me a moment. Bam! Well, you know, bang, bang, gang, gang. <laughs> bang, bang, gang, gang. 
and sit back down and eat like because he knows you're not going to do anything about it oh man that's actually a really good good analogy there uh but yeah so you know part of where he gets humbled is after you know we'll get into the mf story uh where she sets him up in a way that involves twisted fate and graves um that distracts him enough for her to blow his ship up uh and this kills i think all of his crew if not most uh and almost kills him leaves him scarred up and gives him the robot arm that we know so well the metal arm that we know so well that he got through a few connections that we'll talk about in the future um but yeah, he almost dies, and that puts him in a place where he's no longer the commander of the seas. He's no longer that scourge because he went from being untouchable to being touched, um, and then being touched by misfortune, uh, who you know pro- who's proclaimed and trying to establish herself as the ruling power that's more lawful in a sense. Because one of the overarching themes in Bilgewater is not only do people hate scum, but anyone who tries to proclaim themselves as the law in a place that's lawless is like, how dare you? Like, who do you think you are? Um, and that starts this war of pirate gangs. And and that's kind of his lore in a nutshell. Yeah, it, it is definitely, a you know, like the traditional city of thieves, but mm-hmm. it's more, they are more geared like the American cowboy. Mm-hmm. It's the ultimate freedom is that we call no one our leader we we report to no one we have no boss we have ultimate freedom even though there are people that we will never ever say that to their face yeah but we are free yeah so (laughs) let's get in the card real quick he's a five cost five five and then straight up stats probably understated here uh because he does have overwhelm and then when he's summoned he summons the powder keg we talked about how strong those are and to flip him you have to damage the enemy nexus in five rounds in the game so he can be leveled up throughout the game uh which makes him even more dangerous and once he flips he has a when i'm summoned and the round start so it adds the round start bit to that you can summon a powder keg and then when he attacks he deals one to all enemies and the enemy nexus which gets triggered or which triggers the powder keg so he's dealing two at least uh that's a strong ability a game ender and when we talked about the dreadway that's why i said if you can't finish it with a dreadway you're finishing it with gangplank yes uh, the fact that the dreadway is bringing the gangplank out too like but if you're playing a gangplank deck and you're making it to turn nine mm. gangplank's going to be leveled up like that's just the nature of how this game works right now in this current meta there's no way that you're making it to turn nine without hitting the claws to level up gangplank so you've got two clocks in hand yeah. let's do it <laughs> so let's talk about lady luck now the, lady the redhead luck everyone can't get enough of smiling. lady luck is smiling so <laughs> miss fortune yeah. miss fortune uh, she she was not always she was not always the figure that bilgewater looked up to and she was never aiming to be that when she was younger so she starts off life as sarah fortune and a big old spoiler whenever we are talking more about bilgewater characters from yeah. this point on nobody goes by their real name anymore yeah. all right because the real names aren't cool you only go right? by your soundcloud rapper name yeah you like this we are all feature. hetches now we are all hetches <laughs> <laughs> like you, you pick a different name <laughs> but uh so born as sarah fortune um sarah was it belonged to a family that was uh, that owned a gunsmith shop run by her mother, Abigail Fortune, 
which if anyone has kept up with a lot of more sporting history in the U.S., it's a clever name to name a gunsmith Abigail Fortune. <laughs> there may be one person will get that. I'm sorry. I'll keep going. Um, so Abigail teaches, teaches Sarah everything she knows about being a gunsmith and also teaches her how to operate the guns as well, both as far as shooting and maintaining the gun. And they live a relatively peaceful life until she gets an order from a client by the name of Gangplank for specialized custom guns. She fulfills the order, but then during the time that the order was being was being made, Gangplank's notoriety is exploding. He's going out. He is pissing off everyone in Bilgewater. He's pissing off everyone in Damasia. He's stealing the flagship of the Noxian Empire under the general's nose. And she decides, hey, look, the the guns are done, but I'm not giving them to you because you are you are one of the most dangerous people on the planet and giving you a better weapon than what you already have is be a detriment to everyone around you. So Gangplank kills her, then kills her husband, and then shoots her daughter too. And the last thing that Sarah remembers is waking up, seeing her house burning down, dragging herself from her bullet wounds, grabbing the guns that her mother made for Gangplank, which Gangplank decided to destroy because Abigail pissed her off. It was like, I don't even want your guns anymore. I don't want your crap anymore. I right, get this out of here. I'm done with all of you. Grabs the guns and swears vengeance on Gangplank and spends the rest of her life preparing to become a bounty hunter mm -hmm. to hunt down Gangplank and get revenge. And she does everything under the radar yeah she does she keeps a very low profile the only profile that she keeps high is with her own crew or just being a buxom lass in bilgewater he thinks she's dead and also he doesn't care <laughs> yeah that's the big thing is gang like gangplank doesn't care everyone yeah. to him is an enemy yeah like yeah he, he, he he can look at a homeless man on the street and go, well, that guy's trying to kill me. And it's like, what do you mean? He's holding a cup with a sign that says, money for booze, please. Very and honest. It looks like, it looks like he's blind. He's like, yeah, but he's trying to kill me. That's gangplank in a nutshell. He just knows it. All right. And he's fine with it because he wants you to try to kill him because gangplank's insane and he's in love with his notoriety so he d he doesn't care about he doesn't care about this bounty hunter that all of his pirate associates are talking about because the only thing that they know about this bounty hunter is that it is the greatest misfortune to be in her sights and oh, that's my it. job that's and <laughs> that's my job <laughs> But that is all anyone knows about misfortune, yeah. and that's how she gets her name. Is that it is the most misfortune to be hunted by misfortune, and she builds up her crew, commandeers a ship called the Siren, mm -hmm. and ultimately good ship forms a plan. Forms a plan after years and years of just working up the resources necessary to get Gangplank in a position where she can finally take him out, mm -hmm. and. There's a lot that goes into it, and it's really not enough to talk about in one episode. Nah, so. we'll, we'll have a future episode about all that stuff. Uh, 
Oh, we may come more back. pirate talk. More pirate Arr. talk. Arr. There will be booty in these waters. <laughs> oh my god! I was going to give more effort, and then I decided not to. Well, save some bo- <laughs> save some booty for the bearded lady. <laughs> oh my gosh! Made it again. Oh wait, no, we haven't talked about the card yet. Let's talk about the card. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the card. That's that why we're here. <laughs> this is a this is off of a card game, isn't it? I Holy, th- who would have thought? <laughs> so, misfortune is a three mana three three. Mm-hmm. So pretty understated. Uh, you know, cough cough. Three mana four four. Demacia. Cough cough. Um, the. But she has, when allies attack, deal one to battling enemies and the enemy nexus. And she levels up by seeing you attack four times. So she does have to be on the board. But when she levels up, she becomes a 4-4 four, four with you say she has to see you? As in oh. the sea? I'm gone. You can finish this episode. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving. This is a solo man. Um, uh, so I hate you. Um, Love you too. Yeah. So she she does have to see you. She has to be on the open waters. Oh <laughs> Uh, but when she when she levels up, she becomes four four with overwhelm, mm-hmm. and she then deals one damage to battling enemies in the enemy nexus three times. So there's so many flip. cool interactions. Do not let her so flip. many cool interactions as far as with that effect because if there's a powder keg in play, that one becomes two damage. Mm-hmm. If she's leveled up, that's dealing two damage everything three times that's six damage just for saying i'm attacking yeah you just say the words and it's bam you take six yeah so it she she is a bomb she's not necessarily like a game ender just because of like that the level up cost and the and her mana cost too it's so low with such a high requirement that it's definitely more mid-rangey but mm-hmm. you know if she flips that that is basically game over, you know, like because that's damage you can't stop. Okay, the yeah, I, I mean, Miss Fortune, I it's she's definitely we're about to get into you know fate of the game. Where we're going to talk about aggro in general, and she's just adding to the problem, <laughs> which a lot of Bilgewater cards are, um, because of the powder keg and how the extra damage works. So let's just get into it. Fate of the game. Uh, fate, fate of the Draven. Fate of the Draven. So Draven Aggro has been a popular deck, and then Aggro in general has been talked about since the release, the official release, right? And the the claim is that Aggro has this way of being able to deal a lot of damage without actually having to connect or to play around um, their board state. They can just interact with themselves deal with the damage and end the game because 20 life isn't a lot of life in this specific game because of how power levels um, work. Things just end, right? And in a game that doesn't really have a lot of lifesteal effects and tries to avoid those, or if the lifesteal effects do exist, they're very high costed because that's not the game they're going for. Um, It makes it hard to combat these decks, so they become popular. They're easier to run than most decks. Uh, In the past, like pre-release, uh, Jinx was usually used, and those decks tend to have more of a tempo feel that added a sense of complexity to, from the player standpoint, where you had to get that exact amount of damage and it wasn't so easy to do. Uh, but now, cards like Fervor and things that let you play around 
interacting with your opponent. It's like it's like aggro decks have this control element to it, which is kind of weird. Uh, that just results in you dying. Uh, and it's it's been a cause for concern uh, from a lot of pros, a lot of streamers. Uh, yeah, and, and, and it, they def- well. they've definitely lost the aggro decks that we know from beta have lost that sense of being all in. Yeah. Because it used to be that an aggro deck that popped off, it doesn't matter. I don't care what game you're playing, and I don't care what counter tools there are. If an mm-hmm. aggro player's got the right hand, they're gonna win. Yeah, like it, that's that's just that's what their decks are made to do. Variants, and I and it's healthy for a good meta game too, because it, no one wants to be sitting there for forty minutes counting all the triggers just to figure out that oh, I only lose three life. Is it my turn now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it no one wants that either like it games have to end so i get that but this whole bit of an aggro player going from being all in on their car on their top decking and on speed and then switching it up to just being able to play solitaire mm-hmm. like there we have to find that balance again yeah and and, and it, it does stifle creativity for a lot of the concepts they have uh, because they've created these interactions that take a bit to build or to get these cool things to happen. When you have a deck that's just going to roll over you and destroy your life before you have time to do anything with it, that, that becomes a problem, right? Should they completely nerf any card in this? And this isn't directly all my ideas. This is kind of based on everything I've been reading is somebody made a good point that it's not so much the specific cards that need to be nerfed. It's that there's too many damage cards, like direct damage. And Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> I don't think we've made a Yu-Gi-Oh! reference at all um, <laughs> in these many episodes. But like I said, we play card games, bro. We play cards. <laughs> so back in the day, early Yu-Gi-Oh! It had a big problem with direct damage. Um, and that's, you know, the burn decks just took over and it stifled. Like nobody was building Exodia because you had no time. Um, but it stifled the creativity you could have and people were just trying to burn you out. And what they did was they cut down on those amount of cards. They released more sets where you couldn't directly deal damage like that. You had to jump through some hoops. And that's may- maybe what's happening because Riot's talked about their wait, their watch list. And I think that's where they're going to head with it is probably either back off on the amount of damage that's done or add extra stipulations to these cards because they haven't been shy about that. And I respect that because a lot of a lot of card games tend to get rooted in their decisions even though it's now more of a digital, it is a digital format that allows you to be shifty and agile. They've been rooted in, oh, we made a decision as for what this card is this. And they're not in that position because they're, they've shown from the beginning that they're willing to change a card completely multiple times for it to work for the community. And, and a quick little disclaimer to go off of that for anyone listening to this that is in love with playing your Draven and Jinx aggro right now. This is not a big discouragement either mm-hmm. because they've also been they've also shown throughout the entire beta that any nerfs that they're going to do, they're going to approach with caution. Mm-hmm. They have been very, very cautious as far as trying not to take a nerf bat to anything. Yeah. They still want whatever they're nerfing to be viable. They just want it to be in line. And so I I'm definitely looking forward as far as to seeing what nerfs come out, but it's not a thing where you should be discouraged. Uh, I'm only discouraged because Ladro still exists. And I will say that this is speaking on behalf of the casuals of Runeterra. If you play Dreadway and Ladros in your decks, I 
I still love you as a listener, but I don't love you as much as our other listeners. <laughs> and I, I think I speak for all of the casuals of Room Terror. And I said that you guys are at the bottom of the list. Of the tier, low, low tier. <laughs> You're low tier listeners. Um, so, so obviously pirates. So we, we know what it today is, right, Hedge? I always have something ready for you, and I kind of already did mine. We know. So I'll switch it up. We're going to do our best pirate voice and deliver a line. Um, uh, okay, okay. But for mine, I'm gonna go with this one right here, and I'm okay. gonna say, "I told you, if you ever betrayed me, I'll cut you up." All right, <laughs> you're up, buddy. I think it works. I think the like that low raspy, like that could be a pirate. <clears throat> There's no arms or booties, but you know. <laughs> Just so livid with you. I can't get, I can't get over my anger. I'm shaking. <laughs> so, yo ho ho in a bottle of rum. <laughs> he went with the shanty. I went with the shanty boy. You know, you know, the only reason people want to be a pirate is so that they can go sailing and get drunk. All right. So yeah, don't, yeah. don't try to tell me anything else. Oh, send us your best voice clips. Email them to us. We don't have the voicemail yeah. set up yet. Uh, but that's been another episode of the Casuals of Terra. So always thanks for listening. And we will be back soon with the next episode. And that next episode might be a bit twisted. Maybe just a little. Just a little. Flip cards between my fingers. <laughs> Twisted. Wait, wait. Gotta do the animation. Gotta do the animation. Yeah. And there's the lawsuit. <laughs> we get sued every episode now. What's going on? All right. We'll see y'all soon. Adios. Bye, everybody.